you happen to see the link I sent you in Stingray this morning? Yeah, dude. It's the it's got the stamp, right? It's a buzz, man. It's a yeah, buzz dude. Watson. Fire in the hole. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything funny to say at the top, so I'm just going to say it. Episode 55, Boom. Gearbuds podcast coming at you, not live, because this is recorded, you ding-dongs. <laughs> and uh, hey, buddy. Hey, how are you doing? I'm I'm delight. I, I, I'm, a, I'm delight. You're a delight? I am a delight, and I'm just going to dive right into the old symphony of corrections here. For your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes, mm-hmm. uh, don't forget to go to tonetubesnotcables.com, sign up, give us your email address, and we will sell that to the highest bidder. Uh, episode 54 last week had our had our, had our our new buddy, my new buddy, your old buddy, Mr. Yeah. CJ, CJ Johnson cool. on the show. So that was badass. Uh, thanks thanks again to CJ. Really good, really good stuff there, despite the technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. And uh, also thanks to to the, all the new listeners. We we got a nice little spike from that. A lot of people checking out the show. So welcome. Also thank you to all the old listeners because uh, you know the world needs olds too. Yeah, it does. As always, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe on the old Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. And, uh, yeah. Oh, speaking of Spotify, I I saw this quick little tidbit. Uh, Spotify now has 130 million paid subscribers. Wow. Across the old planet. That's a lot of paid subscribers right there. They have 286 million monthly active users. So I guess that's almost half are paying, which makes sense to me, man. I pay for that shiz. I I like not having commercials and I also like the much higher streaming quality. Uh, but I thought the most important or maybe not important, but the most interesting fact that I learned about Spotify is that they still lost $18 million last quarter. (laughs) What? They are still not a profitable company, which says, Pretty much everything we need to know about the state of the music industry and record labels <laughs> and, and and payouts to artists uh, that Spotify has 130 million paid subscribers and still lost 18 million. Jeez, so, how does that even? Yeah, man. Uh, how does that even make sense? Uh, it's that's that's capitalism, my man. Wow. That's, that's that's Sweden for you. Very interesting. Uh, go to gearbuds slash free dash stuff to keep downloading all the free stuff during the core here um uh, oh speaking of free things notice that discord records has put their entire catalog for free uh on Bandcamp. oh cool which is badass for for some old punkers uh like myself uh if you so if you've got a hankering to go listen to the catalogs of some of my faves like fugazi minor threat jawbox q and not you rights of spring uh, go check out the Discord Bandcamp. Um, you can still, of course, pay to download the stuff as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But now you can just listen to it all for free. So that's pretty badass. That's badass, dude. Yeah, man. Get your get your punk on. Um, this I thought this was awesome. So Pantera, everybody knows I love me some Pantera. Yeah. Uh, they did a benefit uh, a benefit T-shirt for COVID nineteen relief and raised a hundred thousand oh, no dollars, which way. is pretty fucking cool. Uh, and the shirt is a pun on the, a visual pun, if you will, on the cover of Vulgar Display of Power, which for Pantera fans, you know, it's a dude getting punched in the face. Right. Uh, but they've put a mask on the dude getting punched in the face, and it says, um, "Stay away from me," or or "Stay by yourself." Stay away from me, which is a lyric from 
everyone's favorite song, Walk. Um, and now they're also selling a Stay Away From Me Pantera mask. And and I've got to be honest, I haven't been tempted to buy a mask because I already have a couple that were yeah. so kindly given to me. I've been tempted to buy one until this moment because I really want a Pantera mask. Oh, that's great. Where can you get it? Just on their website or something? I would imagine I did not write that down because I am a bad podcast host. I guess you could just Google it. <laughs> yeah, here, let me Google that for you. Yeah, right. So yeah, go check that out. Maybe maybe support the cause. Um, last little thing here for the symphony. Uh, checked out another another uh, lesson lesson video here, which was fucking awesome. And that is a video made by Mr. John Taylor, uh, the bassist from Duran Duran. Oh man. And he's awesome. I know we've talked about him before. You've talked about how yeah. badass he is. I, I look, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not a Duran Duran fan. Sure. Like they, of course I know their hits and stuff, but like, mm-hmm. first of all, before my time second, it's always just felt a little fucking lame to me, yeah. but well, man, his bass parts are fucking insane. They're man. insane, bro. I think he's I think he's Holy one of the greatest basses of the eighties in general. Like Dude, John Taylor shreds bass. Uh also that he uh the the tune that he was I don't even remember what song it was, um, but the the song they demonstrated he plays pick. I don't know if he I don't maybe you know, like I don't know if he's always a pick player. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I think I think that's where he gets a lot of his attack. Like his his tone comes from a pick, I think. It's well, whatever the song was, it's this really fast sixteenth note thing with a lot of jumping around and stuff. And I and I am not I've never been a dude with pick on bass. Like I like to use my fingies. Yeah. But I, now I kind of want to play some pick bass, man, because he shreds. And and let me just also add, like I don't know how old he is now, but he's up there for sure. Mm-hmm. He still looks really fucking cool, like way cooler than me. Uh, and he had <laughs> he had like a sleeveless shirt on with like yeah, a cool yeah. hairdo. And it says, and I think it says yeah. like stone stone love bass odyssey, okay. which I don't know what that means. I thought I was hoping maybe you knew what the fuck he is. Th- like his shirt literally says stone love bass odyssey, and I think that's even is that the, the name, name of the, of the, the series? I don't. I think he's calling the series stone love oh, bass odyssey. This cool. was just just one video that came out but he said he's going to be doing more yeah. um which also he filmed it in in portrait mode and it's just like come on bro that's hilarious like, flip that shit sideways i get vertical videos a thing on social media but you're posting the shit on youtube man have right. a little self-respect flip that phone sideways give me a little give me a little landscape well we'll, we'll be willing to overlook that for uh, a taste of his performance there Dude, I will. I'm. I subscribed. I subscribed That's to great. the Duran Duran YouTube page <laughs> because I want to see all these John Taylor lessons, man. Yeah. It's fucking awesome, and and I want to learn these parts because they're they're hard, dude. Like dude, that. He, I, man, yeah. I wish I could remember the name of the song. It was it was not a song I was already familiar with, but it is hard shit. Yeah, he is. He is. I think honestly, like probably one of the best. I guess you would call him like of an '80s pop band. Probably one hands down one of the best bassists out there. Has to be. Yeah. yeah. And again, he's just. He just looks really cool. So yeah, his lines know, just run, go check they out. just run circles around those songs. It's great. Yeah, uh, go check out the old John Taylor uh, Stone Love Bass Odyssey I'll on be honest, web. I didn't know his name was John Taylor, but uh, there you go. I, I had to. Just I, it was one basics. of those things. Totally. I, I I I maybe knew that at some point, but I've had to force myself to say it a bunch so that when it came time to do this episode here, I wasn't like, uh, that guy from that band. So John Taylor, John Taylor, Taylor, John Taylor. Mm-hmm. He looks really cool. I love it, man. Stone Love Bass Odyssey. And speaking of uh, looking really cool, I'm going to pass it over to a dude that I think looks really cool. And that that dude is Dave, and he's going to give us some Dave's docs. Hey, all right. You know, um, I wanted to do something kind of special this year because, you know, for some people who might have just tuned in, um, we celebrated last week was our one-year anniversary 
Uh, Dude, but we had I'm CJ sorry to interrupt on, you. So we wanted to kind of do. I'm more sorry to interrupt. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you brought that up because actually I need to <laughs> I need to put something in the Symphony of Corrections here. Oh yeah. Uh, last week was definitely not our one year anniversary. Wasn't it the fourth? <laughs> Dude, it was the fourteenth. <laughs> no, really. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! I didn't realize. I, th- I I had a suspicion, and then whatever. I I was just like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, didn't verify, and then and then I got a memory. You know how your phone will give you like photo memories. Yeah. Or whatever. I got a memory from us recording, and I believe it was May 9th Oh, uh, it was god. when we actually recorded the first episode and then published it on May fourteenth. That's hilarious. So, well, let's call it the ninth, then, and we'll say this this week is our one year anniversary. That is too funny, man. I, dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. I know you're about to go no, down a little no. rabbit hole there, but I, I meant I to bring that up for some reason. I thought it was May the fourth be with you. Like it was all tied together and stuff. But I, not, you know, man. we we really leaned into it and we and we sold it. Um, but we sold it hard. I, I, our first episode, our first episode came out May fourteenth, twenty nineteen. Well, okay. So so can we call this? I guess kind of maybe almost our one year. Today's the eleventh. 511. Yeah. I mean it's this is this is this is a proper time to celebrate for sure. Let's celebrate I mean, it. Let's do it. Let's call it. I think we're I think we're doing a little celebrating. So yeah, sorry. No, I know I love that was it, a little man. bit of a that's great. Well, well no, and that's even better because you know we had CJ on last week and we wanted to do more of an interview with him, so we didn't really yeah. get to get to uh you know rub each other's shoulders too much on that. But um I thought I would do something kind of special. I wanted to do um for Dave's docs this week. I thought it would be kind of fun to go back through this this year in review and give my top five favorite Dave's docs that I've uh, that I've reviewed. Maybe just a quick overview um, of each one. Dude, I fucking love that, man. I wish I I wish I had prepared such a thing, but I'm <laughs> I'm excited for yours. It's all good, man. Um, yeah. So basically, I just wanted to go down. I won't take too much time, but um, so I did it. Take did as it. much as you want, baby. I, all right. You know what? I'll take I'll take a little extra time. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna take a lot of time. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's slow it down. <laughs> Um, it's just the whole episode is just Dave's docs. No. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, I, I picked my top five. This wasn't easy. I, I had to go back through some episodes, go back through my old notes. You know, I used to write down reviews of everyone, but I've gotten kind of lazy on it to be honest. Um, yeah, what went, do you think? Should we bust that? Should we bring that back? Yeah, we, we probably should. You know, I mean, I'm not much of a movie critic, so it's like, it's hard for me to kind of come up with original ideas sometimes on like, you know, but I, I like to talk about how I feel about the movies at least, you know? Yeah, um, man, let's let's bring it back. I'll I'll start doing the Riff Library reviews again too. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, for number five, it came in. It was Heartworn Highway. Um, that was yeah. an old country. One of the few that 70- I've seen. Yeah, yeah. You actually did watch that one. Um, yeah, man. You know, Towns Van Zant. You know, you've got a uh, David Allen Coe. You know, Charlie Daniels Band. Um, so just really cool, kind of fly on the wall documentary. Really gritty. Um, a lot of long, drawn out shots. Very. It had that very seventies feel to it. Where like. They were much more patient back then. I think people had longer attention spans. Um, so it's, you know, it's kind of a slow burn, but definitely an excellent, excellent one with a lot of cool footage. Um, it's just kind of random. Um, so I thought that would be a good number five. Uh, number four. Yeah, I, dude. Um, hold on. Let me ask you real ahead. quick. Yeah. Uh, You're cutting out just a little. These, so, so if I interrupt you, I apologize. No, all good, man. I'm just curious, like when you're, when you're saying top five here, are these top five of your favorites or top five? you think people should check these out first? Um, both, yeah. I would say it's the top five of all of the ones that I've watched in this past year. So th- I'm sure there's better docs out there. I'm sure there's ones I haven't seen. Um, yeah, yeah, but, totally. But I would highly recommend all these, and especially in a time like this where people might be uh, might be home, might have a little more uh, time on their hands, they can go they can go check these ones down. Top um, five core docs, I love it. Yeah, exactly. So um, number four, I had Mistaken for Strangers. Um, you don't have to be a big fan of The National to love this movie. 
Um, it's basically the story of the National. There's two brothers in the band who are the, uh, I believe, the bass player and drummer are brothers. And then the two guitar players are brothers. And then the lead singer brings his brother on tour as kind of like a, like an assistant, like a, what do you call him, like a roadie, basically. Um, the guy's kind of got a drinking problem. Everything kind of goes to hell, um, you know, screws up a few times. It's a really, really interesting documentary. Um, kind of fun because it's, you know, you're kind of looking at different different viewpoints from these two brothers uh, through this whole thing. And the brother's actually filming, the, the, the brother who goes with him on the tour, the brother of the singer, is actually filming the documentary. So at the end, he kind of puts it all together, and, and that's that's what you see as the movie. So it's kind of a movie within a movie, which is which I that's a very was, uh, a yeah. very interesting construct. Yeah, and yeah. also it makes me want to watch a documentary about the Ward brothers. Yes, uh, from previous guests and our and our friends uh, from the band Hembry. Yeah, because, we bring it up a lot, um, man. Brothers and bands is like the greatest thing ever. I mean, I think some of it's the, the greatest thing, the and world. they and they're both filmmakers, man. So it's just like, come on, come on, Ward boys. I know you're listening. Let's make it happen. Make us a fucking movie already, dude. All right, what's number three? I would love that. Um, number three, I, you'll you'll like this one. I picked some kind of monster, the Metallica documentary. Yeah, um, it's just it's yeah fantastic. yeah. It's, it's so fantastic. Um, there's so many good quotes to pull from that one. You know, my favorite <clears> is. My favorite is when uh, they're playing and uh, Lars says to him, it sounds a little too stock. Um, and they get in a big argument in the studio. Um, you know, Metalocalypse has taken some pages from this. You know, they have the therapist that comes in and he they try to fire him and he doesn't want to quit. It's great, man. I mean, there's there's drama. You know, you've got Lars selling um, his artwork while he's, you know, behind glass drinking champagne, just making like millions of dollars. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's... it's that shit's so metal. <laughs> It's so fucking metal. And like, there's even a scene where he like drops a champagne glass and he just makes somebody else clean it up. It's just like, and he just washes it. It's just so it's priceless, man. Um, so that was number Damn, three. Dude. Number two, I picked dig. Um, yes. for those who don't know, dig is the story. It's, it's almost two documentaries in one. Um, you've got, uh, the Danny Warhols and the Brian Jonestown massacre. Um, basically they were friends when they started. Obviously, the Danny Warhols get a lot more success. Brian Jonestown basically goes the other direction, becomes heroin junkies. And, uh, you know, they both have record labels and all this stuff and deals. But, um, you know, it's just a really interesting dichotomy of these two bands that kind of split directions um, through their fame or misfortune. So I picked that one. Yeah, dude. No, that's that's Uh, one of my just all-time favorite documentaries. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've I've seen that one a bunch of times. I I was just, you know, as you were talking about the heroin addiction – I, re- I, I, I sort of flashed back to seeing that for the first time. I was probably, I don't know, 20 or 21. Sure. And I'm feeling very scandalized at all of the open cocaine and drug use yeah. that you see in that movie. Like, I, I can't remember a time before that where, I, of course, he'd seen it in like movies and stuff, but I don't know that I'd ever really watched a documentary and just sure. seen people just like openly taking all these illegal drugs. Yeah. Which is, of course, not like the main reason to watch any movie or anything, but I, I, I absolutely remember thinking like, that's crazy. Guys. Yeah, it is. It is. It does have that really gritty feel to it. You know, like you, like the record label buys the Brian Jonestown Massacre, like a house. And they basically just like turn it into a flop house. Like there's just mattresses on the floor and like they've sold yeah. all their furniture. It's crazy, man. It's a, uh, and obviously a lot of drama, a lot of fighting. I think at one point the, uh, the lead singer like jumps off the stage and like kicks a guy in the face or something. It's just, it's, it's he brutal. kicks his own bandmate in the face, dude. Yeah. Oh, they get in a fight. They Remember fight they, on uh, stage. They go to like the Viper room or one of those LA clubs. And like, they're supposed to do a showcase for a record label and they just get into a fight, like a physical fight <laughs> yes. on stage. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic it's yeah it's incredible Um, i feel like that documentary is that's the that's my favorite 
music documentary about a couple of bands whose music I don't give a fuck about at all. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? You don't like, have to I even know who the bands are that to enjoy movie. That no, and there's some good music, but I just don't. I really don't give a fuck about any of those songs in, yeah. in any real way. But man, I'll like, watch that. I was movie into Danny Warhols. I think when I was in college, they were they were pretty cool. I thought. I had a couple of their records. Fuck yeah, man. All right, dude, you've got me on pins and on pins, not on pins and needles. You've got me here waiting crazy-like. Yeah, uh, yeah the what's number, number one, one, drum roll, please. Um, yeah, the, dude. The number one Dave's doc I picked, and I mean, it makes sense. Um, it's probably just hands down one of my favorite documentaries of all time, regardless of the content. One of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, I picked Gimme Shelter, Rolling Stones, uh, Altamont, you know, Speedway Show, uh, 1969. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's basically this really cool raw doc. You know, they, they basically right after uh, Woodstock, they go and play this, they play this racetrack and they think like, oh, you know, some people show up and like something like 350,000 people show up. Um, the Hells Angels are their private security. Um, it's, it's, it's and like everybody's taking acid. It's really a, it's a gnarly movie, man. I mean, it's, I think it's, it's almost harrowing. It's definitely one of those ones where you, you walk away from it going, whoa, like it sticks with you for days. Did you, have you seen that one? You know, I, I've definitely seen clips of it. I don't think I've ever actually watched it all the way through. And yeah. I really need to prioritize that because it just sounds like such a, not even just music documentary or, or, or anything like that. It just feels like such an important film Yes, uh, for someone like me that likes to see the, you know, all caps important films. So I, yeah, I need, I need to get on that. Shit yeah. That, it's just, it's just such a good movie. And again, I, I think there's something with like old documentaries um, where it's just, I don't again like it's it's kind of like that you know the Heartworn Highways one where they just they take their time setting up shots um, everything is filmed beautifully like every single shot in the movie looks like a photograph you could hang on your wall you know so um, so many so many good takeaways from that my personal favorite scene is where the uh, the uh, one of the um, security guards who are the Hell's Angels are like up on stage and you can see one of the guys is like really starting to trip on the acid like it's really getting to him. And he's like rubbing mm-hmm. his face and then his buddies kind of see him and they just like shove him off the stage into the crowd. They're basically like, oh get, like get out of here. <laughs> it's creepy. Dude. The it's, fear, there's like man. a wolf at one point that just walks across the stage. Um, for people who haven't seen it, man, it's fantastic. And again, it's like one of those things where, you know, they basically on this like hand built stage. It's probably 10 by 10 feet, you know, just surrounded by hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, it's almost terrifying, you know, if you really think. About Damn. It. I'm a claustrophobic guy and that movie creeps me out for sure. Damn, so, dude. Recommend I, it. Yeah. Give me shelter. I'm going to, I'm going to, I say it all the time, but I'm, I'm absolutely going to make sure I watch that one. Yeah. Soon, and if you need help, it's, it's just, uh, it's must watch. Those down, you just let me know, buddy. I'll track, I'll do some tracking, tracking awesome. and tracing. Well, what do you got for us today oh. on the old Rip Library, though? Dang. Well, um, nothing quite as impressive as a carefully curated top five, but <laughs> I do have a record to talk about that, um, Back to the, you know, there there were maybe a couple there where it was just new releases that I couldn't get on the old physical yet, but I did bust out a vinyl record for this one, and that is for 1991's Spiderland by the band Slint. Are you uh, are you are you familiar with the old Slint? No, I've never heard of them, dude. All right, so. Uh, came out in Touch and Go, so you know Chicago label, uh, hugely influential record. Came out in 1991. Uh, it's sort of that proto angular, very 
heavy dynamic shifts with like some weird quiet parts and some super loud abrasive parts. I would say, you know, I, I've seen comparisons to bands like Gang of Four, Sabbath, Sonic mm-hmm. Youth um, on the uh, I believe it was actually on the I bought this at Reckless years ago. And on the uh, a lot of the records that they would sort of recommend, they would write these really fun, uh, hilarious descriptions. And I believe on the cover, they, they described it as um, mid 70s King Crimson gone emo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, emo, not in the like, uh, sort of modern dashboard confessional sense, but more in that kind of like spin off of early hardcore emo thing. Oh, I love um, it. anyways, the record thematically is a lot of it's sort of about alienation. So if I, it feels sort of apropos for current times, um, mm-hmm. if you, if you like any of the sort of post rock, you know, any band that has ever been labeled post-rock in any way, they were probably hugely influenced by Slint in this record. Cool. Um, the it, Man, I was reading a bit about the recording sessions, and it se- I, I couldn't really find any super official information. I read a couple different interviews with a couple different band members, and from what I can gather, like there were m- multiple band members that had to be institutionalized for mental issues during the recording of this record. What? Like, yeah, man. It was like this really troubled thing where they, you know, they were really all these sort of like young dudes, you know, in their early twenties, maybe even late teens at that point. But, you know, taking it super seriously and, and, and who knows what else was going on behind the scenes with drugs or anything like that. But it was, it, it, I, I want to know the real story of recording of the recording of this record because it just seems so crazy. Wow, um, there should be a documentary about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, for sure. They I know that they have they've done a couple reunion things over the years where they've gotten back together and, and played this record. Um, I, I, I never know how to pronounce his name. Is David P A J O Pajo or Pajo or Pajo? I'm I, I don't know, but um, he's been in so many different bands, man. I probably should have written some of them down, but he's I mean. Uh, he's, he goes by Papa M is one of his uh, sort of side names. I know he's played in Tortoise and um, he's done stuff with like uh, Interpol people. And I, he's he's just one of those dudes that's played with a shitload of people. I think back as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of the guitar players in that band. Oh, wow. Anyways, go check it out. Slint Spiderland. If you're looking for some sort of like interesting, arty, loud, quiet, loud, dynamic rock and roll that came out in the early 90s, but sounds like it could have come out, you know, in 2010 or so. Oh, that's fucking sweet, man. I definitely have to check that out. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Great review. Sick. I, love I like that's the range library. of that. Like, Gang of Four and Black Sabbath in the same sentence. Hell yeah, dude. I'm in. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, let's talk a little future gear. I don't have any specific gear that I wanted to talk about this week, but I read an extremely, extremely interesting couple of articles actually, uh, about making, making music during the quarantine. And I wanted to, uh, I want to just have a little rap session about it, see what you think. So, uh, there was an article in Rolling Stone and another one, I want to say music radar, uh, where they got into what's happening in the music gear world right now. And, and, and and I guess it shouldn't come as much of a surprise, but as it does. But man, the searches and purchases for at home music making gear has skyrocketed right now. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, yeah. Uh, so um, one of the main interviews in the Rolling Stone piece was actually with a good friend of mine, and I, I think another dude, a dude you know as well, uh, Jim Turk, mm-hmm. who is director of something or other over at Reverb. Um, he's going to be on the show eventually. We've talked about it. Amazing guitar player, really good dude. Um, but that he talks a lot in this article. And <clears throat> one of the things he said was that 
Um, uh, they're complete. Reverb is completely outpacing holiday sales right now. Searches are up fifty percent on music gear items like things like ukuleles. Um, hundred percent, and, and you, actually ukuleles are up a hundred percent year over year. Wow. Um, Sweetwater was talking about how they've doubled their traffic, and and interestingly, it's not. It isn't just guys like you and me who are already obsessed and and buying all sorts of gear it's a ton of new buyers Mm -hmm. so people that haven't done any home recording or at home music making or even maybe even never played an instrument before are are buying shit online right now man. that's great i love that i mean shit honestly i've been looking at the numbers and we're even getting new listeners that we weren't getting before so people are are definitely seeking out this gear thing right now um yeah, exactly. Welcome. Uh, Guitar Center was also quoted saying that they're seeing uh, new buyers learn an instrument that they haven't been they haven't played before, but also can be played quietly indoors. So like acoustic guitars are on fire right now. Um, they're also seeing a huge rush in online teaching. So like, uh, you know, lessons that, that are paid, not just the ones that we talk about where it's like, you know, John Taylor being right. a sweet bass player, but like actual teachers, their stuff is way up. Mm-hmm. Um MIDI keyboards and drum machines are up over 150% year over year on reverb. So again, it's people that are looking for, looking for ways to be creative at home and, and can do so without, you know, blasting out their neighbors or, or their loved ones that they're living with. Sure. Absolutely. That makes sense. I love that. Uh, I, lo- I just love hearing that more people are picking stuff up, you know, even if it's like, you know, for the first time, you know, somebody just not afraid to go out and buy a ukulele or a guitar, you know, and, and try it out. Yeah. You never know. You could be the next best thing ever you know you just got to pick it up got to try it out well and it's it's just so obviously we're i feel like we're constantly sort of inundated by all this real but just shitty news Mm -hmm. about stuff going on so it's been very to learn this and to and to be diving into this feels very sort of affirming to me that in this in this fucking shitty situation we're in right now there's still some good stuff like some builders are still thriving yeah you know the the instrument makers are, are not going anywhere mm-hmm. the stuff that you, you know obviously we made a fucking podcast about like we really care about it our industry this thing that we're we're a part of is doing pretty well right now yeah. and and that's exciting um and, oh one one other thing that i noticed audio interfaces searches are up 300 percent I so mean, I could name two ever, people that I know that bought new interfaces. Do, oh, same. And yeah. in fact, I one of, so one of the future episodes that we're going to do, I've been working with a friend of mine. She she's an awesome um, songwriter and, and guitarist and shit, but she's never really done any recording work. And I've been helping her put together a rig, and she actually just got almost all of it. And we spent like several hours yesterday on video chats and shit setting it all up so we're gonna what we're gonna do is since she's like a total noob and and wants to and she even suggested herself we're gonna do a podcast episode um maybe next week maybe the week after where we'll have her on and she will will talk through sort of what it's been like for her to start recording during this and and some of the thing questions she has or had that we were able to walk through so i think that's pretty excited yeah that's really cool man and i love talking to people who are doing it for the first time you know i think i think we have a few listeners on here who are probably kind of new at this stuff too so I, I love breaking it down to you know something more simple you don't need a five thousand dollar recording setup to to make yourself sound decent you get a couple hundred bucks and you're you're ready to roll you know 
No, yeah, just get your Rona bucks, put that those yep. twelve hundies aside if you get them, which fucking I still haven't, and uh, buy yourself some stuff. So, anyways, I don't know that I know that that isn't about any specific pieces of gear like future gear tends to be, but I just I was reading about it and I thought it was it was worth having a little chat about it because um, I don't know it makes me feel happy to know that people are still out there buying gear and and learning and, and creating right now. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you myself. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit last week. You know, I'm a Garage Band boy. Um, it's just so simple you are. and easy to use, and I've been using it for years. Um, but I, I found out I needed to step up a little bit to get a little higher quality going. And uh, so I recently downloaded the Logic Pro X. Um, they have a free 90-day trial, and then it's only, I think it's only $200. You can find a link on gearbudspodcast.com to that. There you have it, yeah. And it's, it's actually so exciting that I downloaded the file, and I haven't even installed it yet because I've been way too busy. Um, yeah. But I do look forward to, uh, to getting that up and running. So, Fuck yeah, dude. Logic boy, I used Logic for years. I think it's it's fantastic software. I just uh, I don't know. I I got bit by the Ableton bug, but I've got to say, using using Luna with with uh, our future guest here uh, with her new rig, um, I, I think I kind of want to make the leap to Luna, baby. Oh yeah, the, well yeah, we went to the uh, they were talking about that at Nam, right? Yeah, we went to the we went to the launch of that bad boy. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Very cool. Yeah. So cool, future gear. Uh, well, let's get to the let's get to the sort of uh, the main finale here, which, you know, as we discussed last week, was the the pseudo anniversary episode. But then mm-hmm. we didn't really talk about it, <laughs> and then it turns out then it turns out this should probably be the anniversary episode. Uh, so uh, we did a little homework, and and Dave and I decided that we wanted to just sticking with the theme of top lists here mm-hmm. uh we decided to do our top 10 favorite mo- moments from the last year of making this podcast together oh yeah and man. so i wrote some shit down I'm, I'm sure you wrote some shit down and we'll just maybe how about we just go we'll go back and forth i'll start throw it over to you we'll yeah. make it down the list and how, i wouldn't be surprised if a few of ours overlapped actually to be honest oh i'm positive they <laughs> so um yeah cool. i want to start at the beginning uh and and i'm going to cheat and do two uh, at the top here because there, there are two beginnings and mm-hmm. that is our first episode and our first guest awesome and um first episode uh, you know that everyone's got to start somewhere yeah uh, it was really funny for me to look back because you know I, I throw together the old outline every week and to look back at how much that has evolved right. you know obviously we, we didn't have any segments yeah. uh we we didn't we didn't have any Something sort of like plan track. or I think anything we were just rambling at the beginning right I, I, it is just a long list of random ideas, not even organized in any sort of way um, I think we made it through most of them in the episode mm-hmm. um, but you know it, it's it's funny like we're obviously stuck in the middle of this and so it's it's like you know when you see you see somebody that you haven't seen in a long time you're like oh you look great like you you lose weight or something right. but like you know when you see someone every day you don't know mm-hmm. i definitely feel like listening back to that first episode i feels like oh man we've lost weight like yeah <laughs> we, we look good we've you been know, we've been moving in the right direction is what you're saying well there yeah the repetitions have have definitely paid off we 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 sound we say um and like perhaps a lot less although probably still too much on my side yeah that, uh, that irked me so much when i first listened to that like the first couple episodes i'm just going yeah oh yeah yeah uh-huh uh-huh yeah like like Dude. like um yep uh <laughs> And so, yeah, it made me feel good to, well, I don't think we started off horrible. It could have been worse. We certainly have gotten a lot better. I think if we started off horrible, uh, we probably wouldn't have stuck to it. I think there was something to that first episode. And it's funny you you brought it up because that was actually on my list as well. Just episode number one, um, just how important that was. And I think uh, it's actually a really fun episode. If you guys haven't heard it, you know, go back and listen to it. I'm, I'm proud of it. 
Yeah, and and also going back to firsts, uh, the first guest that we ever had on, which I I think was episode seven, maybe mm-hmm. six I think or seven. So, yeah, seven, yeah. And uh, that was our, our good friend, Dan Liu, who, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we were, we were already super tight with Dan and played in bands with him and all that kind of stuff. But it's been pretty cool to see not only was he was he brave enough to be our first guest. And, yeah. Um, I mean, we didn't we, we so didn't have the process down at that point. Like, literally, I didn't even put his name in the title of the episode. Right. Like, it was just like <laughs> uh, something, 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 something. And our first guest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we I don't think he was the, the image for the for the episode either. Maybe it was like, I think. I think it might have been one of his pedals or something like that mm-hmm. um but also you know listening back to that a little bit uh i will say that i feel uh at least for myself i've gotten a little bit better at interviewing people well oh well, that's thank you i appreciate that but i i can assure you that in that episode i was not <laughs> and uh it's it's been a good growth experience for me in that regard just not only not only just like figuring out how to interview, but figuring out how to listen, I think mm-hmm. has been the thing, just letting people talk and then knowing when it's right to sort of guide things along or, or, or t- tease something out from them more. And I will also say that I think, of course we haven't been able to do it as much lately, but I really, I really like the idea of us do, doing some hangouts with the guest before we get started yeah. and kind of warming up a little bit. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I've learned from this is, is just like, continually trying to make people at ease uh, during a probably sort of stressful uh, experience like being interviewed in front of microphones and shit. I totally agree, man. Yeah, I think the the hang right before, you know, like if somebody brings a new pedal over or, or you know, a cool guitar or something, and we kind of mess around with that a little bit and then bring us into the episode with it, you know. Yeah, dude. Um, so I think, was that was that also your first one? Uh, I had, I, I had uh, episode one as one of my, one of my notes, yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, and obviously episode seven with our first guest was a was a huge landmark for us, I think. And, and actually, shout out to um, shout out to Jason down in Austin. I mean, he was he was kind of the one who you know he started his podcast around the same time, which is um, Austin All Day, and uh, you know it's a it's a cooking show. But he he said it's very important to always try to have guests on, and I think we really ran with that, you know. So I'm I'm happy in the direction that we went. Yeah, dude, for sure. Um... Well, does that count as your number one too? Should I go to my second one? Uh, no, I, I can I can skip that one. I've actually got yeah. and it's kind of chronologically in in line with uh, if we're if we're going back to the past a little bit. Uh, one of my favorite moments, which technically isn't an episode, um, but we went to that guitar show, uh, me and you, and it, that was about ah a year the ago, Amigo Guitar Show. We we actually we did that was when we were still splitting up episodes when they were over an hour. Yeah, so or like episodes a and b maybe number four or something about technically there is i don't know if it'll ever be released but technically there we did do a podcast driving home from the guitar show i remember you i think you just did the audio on your gopro maybe oh we did full video and uh never released it because i looked fat (laughs) and and i did not it it was not a good angle maybe uh maybe one day we'll upload a bonus uh episode and just get that audio or something out of there but yeah that was um that was just a fun landmark for me because um you know obviously we love we love our hangs and we got to go shoot the shit and look at really cool guitars and really ridiculous guitars and um you know that was just about going tellies as far as the eye can see yeah, dude, it was yeah. So many Buck Owens Telecasters, um, and a lot of overpriced vintage pieces. But but I sure had fun that day. Fuck yeah, dude! Oh yeah, no, that was that was that was a great experience. I I have not been to that many guitar shows, you know, and um, mm-hmm. it was, I'd certainly had never been to that one. 
Uh, so I, I look forward to a time when we can, when we can experience those in person again, Me too, because <laughs> I, I fucking like neither of us. Well, actually that's not true. I traded and got that old, uh, electromonics thing, but n- neither of us got any pedal or any guitars or anything like that, but it no. still felt like, it still felt like a good, a good morning use of our time, you know, oh, yeah. driving well, out to and in comparison, whatever the I hell that I was. I went to one a summer before that, that was up in. I don't know, Gray's Lake or something. And there was literally like two tables of guitars and the rest was just like antiques and junk. And it was more of just like a flea market, um, even though they advertise it as a huge guitar show. So it was nice to go to this one with you and be like, oh, no, this is actually a guitar show. So for me, I had low expectations and uh, they were they were proven wrong. Dude, yeah, I played I played my first burst there. Oh, yeah, that's right. The uh, the CME uh, booth. was. And if you'll remember. One man, this is all flooding back now. Uh, one of the people at the booth was uh, a soon to be guest on the podcast, yep. Mr. Mark Najar. He, Mark was, Najjar, he was still man. at CME at the Base time. Base Dad was there, as was um, my good friend, Mr. Daniel Esquiriza, who is the head vintage buyer for CME. We were, I don't know if you remember, we mm-hmm. were talking a bit there, and actually, sure he and I were, were chatting a bit yesterday. We were talking a little microphones yesterday, so oh, I'm gonna, cool. um, yeah, we're you know, he's definitely going to be on the show. We haven't decided when yet but he he is all about it so we're gonna get him on i would uh, love that man just talk vintage talk gear some, the entire talk some vintage so gear fun. oh man he is that dude can that dude has seen some shit he i know talk some I, gear you almost wonder though sometimes like if you see too much do you get like desensitized like does a hundred thousand dollar guitar just not do it for you anymore uh, you know, I, I can sort of speak to that a little bit. And mm-hmm. yeah, at, when you're touching that stuff every single day, like all of a sudden a $30,000 strat doesn't seem that exciting anymore. Um, <laughs> right. But there, I, that said, like, I, you know, even still, I, there are still certain things that I would absolutely go gaga over. It's like oh, yeah. any old Gibson, for instance. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, of course, I, th- I think, I feel like you, they kind of have to, like, I'm, I, you, I don't that. think you'd be like a person. Whew, Amigo Guitar Show, man, that was I, that was a really good one. I'm glad. That was, that's that what up. it was called. I was trying to think of the name of it actually. The Amigo Guitar Show, yeah. Shout out Amigo yeah, Guitar dude. Show, and what was that? Villa Park, Illinois. That's it, Villa Park, man. I'm glad you remembered. I couldn't remember the, the little, <laughs> well, I drove. little I suburb there. That's right. And I'd I'd actually been to that that convention center uh, maybe the previous year because I went to the old vintage video game expo oh, that's there, right. and yeah. it was during the summer, and they did not have working air conditioning. And let me tell you, that was fucking brutal. I bet that place smelled awesome. The stink was overwhelming. (laughs) It wafted out at you. I went with my ex-girlfriend, you know, well, at girlfriend at the time. And I think she was one of, I'm not exaggerating, four women I saw in the entire (laughs) thing. And it was all just dudes who hadn't showered in a long time. It was rough. But I got some good shit. So, you know, I'd go again. Hell yeah, man. All right. My number right, two here, right uh, but not an actual number two, just number two on this on this list here, uh, Mr. Dave Pensado. Yeah, man. Man, wow. that was to, to so to jump from feeling like I don't know how to talk to a person and interview them, like we did with our first guest, to then, however many weeks later, months later, have had the absolute honor of interviewing Dave Pensado on this show was, I mean, true. It blew my mind. It still kind of, it still kind of blows my mind thinking about it right now. Yeah, I actually, I think CJ said he brought it up last week when we were interviewing CJ, and uh, it almost like reminded me. Like I didn't forget, but I was like, oh yeah, like we got to talk to that guy, man. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. And it was it was this whole sort of saga of you know tech issues on our right. side, and then tech issues on their side, going back and forth. Well, and, we, it was our uh, first time we'd ever tried to do one of these things remotely because he obviously people that's don't, right. they, they don't know he's in LA, so we had to do a call. 
with him and then figure out how to record the call. And obviously we've, we've come a long way since then too. That was my, you know, honestly, that was my first ever zoom call of my life. I think mine too. Yeah. So Worked out you know, we were, at, we were way ahead of the, the core curve on that one. Yeah. Um, but honestly, just, I mean, go back and listen to that one. Uh, the, the wisdom that he shared and just like the sort of off the cuff stories about some of the biggest hit songs of all time. Yeah. And I, to me, I, selfishly, I, I mean, I guess we're doing a little bit of a, a selfish recap here. So I'll just say like the compliments that he paid me and us and like it, just the way that he talked about us putting, like putting us in his league, which I still don't feel like we are, but the way that he talked about it, put us there. It just, I don't know. It made, it made me feel like we're doing something right. And, and also just a, a total honor, uh, to, to have him grace the, the gear buds podcast. Well, yeah, man. And I, and I have to say, I, I think a lot of the credit goes to you because you were so prepared for that. I mean, you had, you know, we had notes, we kept it moving. It wasn't just like questionnaire, but you know, it was a great interview where you really, you really shined as a, uh, as a host, man. I mean, you really um, you had all the questions lined up. We listened to his answers, but then you were kind of firing them off because we didn't know how long we were really going to be able to talk to him for. I mean, for all we knew, yeah. he was driving home from the studio or something in his car phone, you know? So like, I think, you know. I think when they first scheduled it, they had given us maybe like 45 minutes and it wound up turning into like double that. So yeah. that's yeah. probably a good sign, right? Do you remember what episode that was? People have to go back and find <sighs> that. Man, I, 32 or something like that wow. I would, would be my guess, but I'm, I'm not looking at it, so I'm not sure. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say it then. I mean, I think going from that and then also being able to see him honored at the NAM Awards was like, yeah, I mean, what a, what a full circle cool experience that was. The NAM Tech Awards, man. Wow. Yeah, that was the, the gear Grammys, as we as we call them, yeah. hosted by Mr. Fred, Fred Armisen. That's right. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Is that is that is that your uh, your number two uh, moment here? Um, it wasn't, but I just thought of that really quick, actually. Oh, kind of well, sweet. What do you, you got, number two? Um, let's see. I've got a few to pick from here. Um, I thought uh, I thought having the Ward Bros on was one of my favorite all time moments. Um, nice. Just because you know, close friends of ours, the Ward Brothers, Alex and Austin. Um, I mean, dude, we did. What did we record? Like a three-hour? It was like two parts, but it was like over three hours or something. Dude, and I'm it sure was you edited so it down long. Too, it, right? I don't think it was. I don't know. I don't know if it was quite that long, but yeah, that was. That must be, uh, you know, as a whole, the the longest episode I would think. I mean, I can and talk yeah, to you're those right. There's a lot of shit now. that we. Well, yeah, we we cut a lot out. There's also we. Were, I don't know if you remember. We got all 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 tuned up and did some jamming for a while oh, yeah. too. No, I remember. So there's a little well. bit of yeah, little, there's a little, little bit of recording count, of that couple, as well. Uh, couple highlights and then we had a we had a yeah we had a, like a, a hang afterwards for like a few hours at your yeah. house just jamming no, that was man those are just the that was a good guys. time that was that was one of the most fun episodes i think just like pure just like maybe, maybe i don't know maybe not the best to listen to but it was it was certainly fun as shit for me and for and i know Same for here. you to I mean, just hang out i think we got to have episodes like that once in a while where it's just like you know we don't stick to the script we just kind of roll off and and just just hang with those guys you know so I would love to do another. I mean, since we've been doing these remotely, I would love to do another one with those guys. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I know they'd be all about it too. It's the, it, you know, of course they're playing in, in the weekly poker game that we're doing every Saturday nice. and those fuckers living out in LA, they just like sit in their backyard and, and like, you know how people are sitting, you can change the zoom background and people will be yeah. like, Oh, I'm on the, like a tropical beach or whatever. Their background actually looks like a fake zoom background because <laughs> they've got palm trees and sun and, and beauty and all this shit. And it's just like, okay guys. All right. I've had enough of your, I've had enough of your beauty. That's great. All right, dude. Uh, I, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to go back to the Nam thing. And from my top, top five, number three, I've got, uh, the, the Nam episodes, man, just like, 
we what is it? We put out three episodes while we were there with again our first guest, bringing it back to Dan Liu. He was there with us, yep. doing the Nam shit with us. Super invaluable to have him there as well. Not only to to carry around the GoPro with all that footage that I've literally never used uh, <laughs> and make him take take just like hours of B roll, um, but more so just like the, his perspective. I mean, Dan's so smart, such yeah. a great player. He he definitely saw he, he he and I have very similar tastes in a lot of ways, but also he sought out some shit that I just never would have done. So mm-hmm. um, it was awesome to have him there. Listening back, I I couldn't make it through all the episodes, but yeah. man, those episodes were kind of a hot mess, dude. <laughs> yeah, especially the one I think it was what was we, there was one we were pretty lit. Cause we did a little, uh, little party in that night. And I think we were like, we still yeah, got to do an there, episode. There's <laughs> there one man. There's just like kind of random edits. I remember at one point I, I sort of like, because I had, I recorded audio for, Oh, you know, it was the Nam tech awards night when we went out and got fancy and got yeah. steaks and shit. Suited up. Uh, but the, I, at some point I talk about like, Oh, I'm going to edit in this like joke. Fred Armisen told that I'd recorded, you know, on my phone while we we're at the thing. And I just like, didn't put it in there. <laughs> uh, like there's, it's just, it's just kind of rough. Uh, you know, we, we did them in our underwear. Um, well, right. didn't, of course. So I don't know though that I, there, those are, I feel like those are a very accurate reflection of the experience that we had just sort of like, all over the place, off the cuff, pretty bizarre, just fucking celebrities everywhere. Yeah. And, and also just a total mess that, um, you know, probably was good for people who super dying for like on the spot Nam news. Cause I, I also wanted to kind of give us, give our, ourselves a little credit for that. I mean, we did, we record, we brought the gear and recorded multiple episodes during a trade show in in like the middle of insanity yeah. uh, in fact we actually did two on the floor episodes that will never air because they oh, sounded man. like poopoos yeah so we actually recorded five podcasts there and published three of them like from a hotel room so i don't know i i'm proud of us for not just being a bunch of ding-dongs that play guitar we actually were sort of industrious and yeah and and, and made some shit happen in real time well you, you said it man i mean when we booked those tickets it was like all right, man, like, you know, we're, it's going to be fun, but we're going to be working, you know, we're going to, we're going to make this, we're going to make it worthwhile. We didn't just go there to dick around for three days, you know? So, yeah. Um, and you know, it is a little bit of a bummer to, of course, that summer NAM is canceled and we're, we're yeah. planning that. So hopefully, hopefully the world is, is together enough by next January so that we can get back out to, to, to first of all, to LA to hang out with our buddies, but then yeah. swing back to Anaheim to, to do a little NAMing. I love it. All right, bud, what do you got? I wanted to say one of my favorite moments was um, when we had Zach Livingston on from Lakeland, uh, Lakeland Guitars, Lakeland Basses. Um, just such a cool guy, such a great interview with him. Um, he brought two really cool, killer, custom-made guitars that he built. Um, so much woods, so many of the, all the woods. I all mean, the, the guitars woods. use all the woods. All the um, fucking woods, dude. But I, I definitely, I enjoyed that. You know, as, as a longtime bass player and a, a huge fan of Lakeland, um, and what kind of led up after that was we got to go actually see the uh see the oh facility, man that's right that the, was so see where awesome the sausages made if you will and um, dude that that's that tour was so fucking rad and those people are so nice there man they were they were just like they didn't have to be so kind right. as they were and they even gave us stuff to take home like it that was that was an incredible experience yeah man and just the knowledge um i i forget the gentleman's name but we were talking about wood for like an hour down oh, in that Steve. wood um, and just what, what great people over there and, and shout out to Zach, um, for, for showing us around and, and hanging and didn't make us feel like we kind of had to get out of there. Like they definitely took time for us to, uh, to hang out and ask questions. And, um, I, I thought it was, it was definitely a, something I'll never forget. 
too. That was, that's a really good one. Yeah, I, I loved everything about that. And, and and actually, it ties in perfectly to my next uh, number four on my list here. Um, and this I, this isn't I didn't it wasn't a specific moment per se, but just kind of one of my favorite things is is how not only have we been able to interact with with you know our listeners and I guess you can call them fans and, and like learn things, but also the the people that that I've, I've, I've known for a long time, like Stingray, who has been a guest on the show or my, my old friend speakers, who's a, you know, professor up in, up in Milwaukee and, and, and just that sort of level of interaction. But also really what I wanted to get to is just like the new friends that we've been able to make. And, and I would put Zach totally on that list. I mean, you know, we, we still like text about random shit and he's building a guitar for me and I've seen him at shows or just like, you know, any, any of the new friends that we've made, uh, Nathaniel, Nathaniel Murphy. I mean, shit, I met him through Chicago music exchange, but we've actually become friends because of this and just like text about random shit, you know? So it's, it's been, it's been really cool to have a, a forum to sit here and talk about the shit that you and I would talk about anyways, but also to develop new friendships with people who are also super nerdy in, in, in different ways about all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I could, I could honestly say I've learned something from every single guest we've ever had on and it's just, uh, right? it's been such a cool experience, man. And you know, you go, you don't go like, you know, 37 years into your life and then you're like, Oh, I'm gonna like make new friends now. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna still keep yeah. learning things and keep meeting really interesting people. So, and I have to totally. say, I give you a lot of credit because you brought in most of those guests. So, you know, it was it was some great connections there, man. Well, now it's now it's you know the the show's just kind of feeding itself. So it, it's us. It's not it's not like it's just me bringing them in. You know, right. so keep sure. them coming, guests. We love you. What do you got next, buddy? Uh, I thought, well, I think this might be on your list too, so we can talk about it. Um, when we had uh, Eli Caterer came on and played for us um yeah he that was my a, that was my last one on the list board and uh played an Im- improv piece that was absolutely gorgeous it was i guess it was kind of a spaghetti western type sound um I, you could probably elaborate a little better on that but um what a what a cool what a cool guest and what a cool experience to have him actually play guitar for us the guitar player of the smoking popes i mean that's just insane yeah, that was that was a cool one. Uh, you know, I'd met I'd met him years ago, and we were never really super tight or anything, but like we were friendly enough, uh, but not to the extent that you know I expected him to bring his his first ever guitar that he still plays yeah. and his whole pedal board, and to have created this piece of music for us to just me and you and him in my living room listen to it that was that was fucking incredible. And you recorded it, and if people want to go back and listen to it, it's it's actually in the episode. I would say it's what probably the only time we've put like live music into an episode, I think it is. And, and something, man, that was, we, I would love to do more of that uh, because it, yeah, it was a really cool change of pace. And that was actually another two parter, I think with him. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't remember if it's in the first or the second part, probably the first, I don't know, but uh, either way that, yeah, that, that was also my last one on the list here because yeah, I, I've been a fan of the Smoking Post for a long time, way longer than I'd ever actually been able to, you know, say that I've met the dude. Um, and then just have him be so open and, and, and candid and 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 giving and, and kind. I mean, truly one of just like the nicest dudes anybody will ever meet. He has such a good spirit and energy around him. I totally um, agree. I, I highly recommend anybody. You don't even have to be the biggest Smoking Popes fan, although I'm sure a lot of our listeners are. But you know, just the stuff they talks about Green Day and just meeting people. I honestly, I can also say that, and we've talked about this a few times on here. But something that he sort of did and said has changed changed something about me as a person for the sure. positive. I think, you know, uh, just 
focusing less on negativity and, and, and shit talking people that I've never met before. Not that it was necessarily, <laughs> even though it's fun, like, I'm going to fucking, it's probably not a good way. Yeah, well, to, uh, I, look, I'm not, I'm probably never going to meet sting. He's probably never going <laughs> to listen to this podcast, but the, and so like the fact that I was choosing to talk shit about him every week, it, I thought it was kind of a funny bit, but also, you know, when you start to meet actual famous people and then they're like, Oh, so have you, have you met them? And this has happened. This has come right. up a couple of times with us. And it's just like, Oh, that's right. I forget that. Like you do know Bruce Springsteen. Or whatever the fuck, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, so, it's not or, even uh, being afraid of, of yeah exactly man or bob seeger even you know or well i mean whatever. <laughs> you can say happy birthday all you want but that's not going to change the fact that i fucking hate his music but you're right i mean the the, the parts that i i i guess the larger the larger point is that i want to i want this podcast to be a thing um that is fun and and something that's a reflection of us but also we use it i guess for good yes. and not just like as a as an avenue to to put more negativity or bullshit into the world so, i mean if look if um, gibson ends up in the news again that's not our problem though we're gonna cover it you know we're gonna cover it i can't make them stop being ding-dongs but i can make <laughs> myself not just needlessly find things to talk about to talk shit about sting every week so hey i don't know i feel like i'm growing i'm living i'm learning i'm doing the thing yeah man we're still new at this stuff you know yeah, that was my last one, man. What do you? What do you? What else? Do you got another one? Um, did you have one? What? Did you have one you wanted to to talk about? Sorry, la- my last one bit. was my. Oh no, my last one was was to talk about Eli. So oh that, great! Um, I just had one more. On um, it's really just something to touch on. Um, I think you can go back and find it. It's probably episode four or five. I might have had a few cold ones in me, but my rant about stickers stays strong. Oh yes. stays the same. Don't put stickers on your guitars, people. That's all I have to say about it. I think you had a couple cold, uh, some some barley pops. And, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we were. I, I was. And, I was tuned up. Uh, you were feeling yourself. And I, I, I'm here for it, man. I thought that was that was one of your one of your finer moments. Uh, <laughs> it was, not even it was just genuine, in podcast, but sure. in your life. I loved that rant, dude. That was. Um, <laughs> I feel the same way. I, by and the but way. it, my opinion I get has it. not changed. I get it. And I look, I'll, I'll be honest every once in a while. I, cause I've got this big old box of stickers I've yeah. been saving for 35 years. Every once in a while I look at them like, Ooh, maybe, maybe my, my Explorer would be a great canvas for it, but it, I, it would I can't look bring cool. A sticker on an Explorer would look pretty cool. I have to say. And it's flat, you know, so it doesn't have the ro- rounded contours like a lot of guitars <laughs> have. And there's a lot exactly. of surface area, yep. but I also would feel guilty, uh, stickering up a vintage valuable instrument so i, I hear you man I, my opinion has stayed the same um i think if you're going to put a sticker on a guitar do it on a cheap one or maybe just on the pick guard but that's just my opinion Ooh, just on the pick guard i feel like that's that's a that's actually a great little subtext on unless it's like a vintage pre-cbs tort please don't put stickers on that right yeah at <laughs> that point you should probably just take it off the guitar anyway because it's probably gassing so <laughs> yeah you know. good point Either way, man, that was an excellent top 10 list. Dude, uh, shout I, out, I, I feel like shout out to you, man. This was uh, you, you wrote me earlier in the week and you were like, hey, man, it'd be kind of fun if we did a recap episode, which uh, I think we more than deserved. And I think we I think we pulled it off. I think we did, too. I'll be honest. My my first instinct was to uh, go back and just like edit together a bunch of stuff. But I'm like, man, no way. That's just way too much. I was going to ask you. I didn't I wasn't going to ask you to do it because I knew it was going to be a ton of work. But I was like, do you want to do a thing where it's like. And then in this segment, and we actually paste in like audio clips would be, it would be funny, but it'd be way too much work. 
Look, if we ever get to the point where we have a producer producing this that <laughs> yeah. isn't me, right. then fuck yes, dude. We're we're definitely doing that. But until that point, like yeah. no, I'm I'm not going back. Maybe maybe one or two things uh, at some point. I'll never say never, but I am not gonna. That, that's just that. <laughs> but what I just real quick. I mean, I know I know we're reaching the end here, but I wanted to just sort of like address the future of the podcast and say like moving forward. I feel like I I learned a lot about what what I love about the podcast right now. And then some of the stuff that I love about what's happened with the podcast. So like, mm-hmm. I'm just excited to, to, to move into our second year together, this shit, man. And mm-hmm. like continue having guests on. I mean, obviously right now shit fucking sucks. We can't do it in person. I really desperately miss doing this in person and Me hanging too. out with you and guests and stuff. In the meantime, you know, we've figured it out people are, they already have microphones at home. And if they don't, we just, we're talking about how everyone's buying that shit now. So we're going to continue expanding our reach a little bit because we've got a lot of friends all across the globe and we'll start doing some, some episodes with people, not just here in Chicago. Right. Um, but I don't know, man, I, I just, I, nothing, nothing sort of, uh, rev, nothing major to say about it other than I'm just, I'm happy we're still doing this. I'm, I'm, I feel like we've gotten a lot better and I'm excited to see where we, we make it for year two, man. Yeah, me too, buddy. I feel like exact same way, man. So, uh, let's keep it rolling. Fuck yeah, baby. All right. Well, um, love you as always you too, and, uh, stay safe and healthy people, uh, keep wearing your masks. Let's get out of this shit. Let's, uh, let's take care of each other. What do you think? Huh?